Hey, fellow mathers, do you have limited classroom time? Do you want to make the biggest, best impact on your students that you can? Then you need to start here with the Math is Figureoutable Challenge. It's three one-hour sessions of the quickest and most powerful ways to reach the most students with the most math. We're having special guest Jenna Labe. Mark your calendars for May 15th through 17th at 7 p.m. Central and watch this space to find out when registration opens. If you can't make those times, you'll want to register anyway so you can get access to the session recordings. And now, on to the episode. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we're here because mathematizing is not about mimicking or rote memorizing, but it's about creating and using mental relationships. That math class can be less like it has been for so many of us and more like mathematicians working together. We answer the question, if not algorithms, then what? So for the last few weeks, we've been diving deeply, right, into the idea Mm -hmm. that there are different perspectives we bring to our work with mathematics. If you haven't caught the last four episodes, you should check them out when you have some time. But real quick, we believe that there are three major viewpoints. We think there's the X's of the world, those who kind of mess with numbers a bit naturally and saw math for what it is, despite being taught super traditionally. There's the Z's of the world, those who were like, give me the rules and procedures, and that's what math is. And then there's the Y's who wanted to know why because they believe that when they can understand, they can do all the things. Today, we are going to wrap things up and give you all a, so what? Right. Some final thoughts for this series. You might be tired of it, but but we've got some <laughs> new things that we're going to bring in. Uh, and we think some really important things uh, that uh, kind of underpin the reason that we did the series to begin with. So this is kind of our finale to make our big punchy point here. You may have identified with one of the perspectives that we shared about or taken the quiz to help you determine your existing viewpoint. If you have not yet taken our really cool, super cool, super quick, it'll take you less than two minutes, um, uh, super cool quiz that will help you determine which perspective you kind of bring to mathematics and mathematics teaching. You can find it um, on the website at mathisfigureoutable.com slash x. YZ. We're putting it on social media. Take it. Have your colleagues take it. Have your kids take it. It'll be great. You can identify uh, the perspective that you're bringing. When you take that quiz, you might recognize that you identify with one of those perspectives we shared. So now what? Well, the first thing, whether you're a parent or a teacher or a leader, the most important thing to remember is that your perspective about mathematics may not be the same for those that you're working with. And we can't assume that we know the perspective of others. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so important just to know that there, there are these perspectives, right? It's a great start. Yeah. So the goal isn't to leave people where they are. This is probably the biggest upshot of this entire five part series is the goal isn't just to recognize people's past perspectives. No, don't leave them in those perspectives. The goal is to pull them all out of those three perspectives and teach real math and do right. real math. Y'all, real mathematics is for everyone. I'm going to make a bold statement. All people can do more real math than fake math. Let me say that one more time. 
all people, all of us can do more real math than fake mathematics. Preach. <laughs> Kim, so true. Yeah, preach. <laughs> Kim, I have heard you say that one of the great things about real math is that there's something for everyone. Oh, sure. Right. So if you're a Y, then you get to know why with real math, right? <laughs> yeah. If you're an X, you get to play around and look for patterns and relationships, but there's a structure to mathematics that makes the Z perspective happy too. Everyone Absolutely. can enter into real math. Everyone can communicate and everyone can grow. We get to mathematize together as mathematicians. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Like yeah. there's something for everyone. So the most important things we would love for you to have as a takeaway from this series is that there are these three perspectives in the world. They exist. And we feel like it's super important to pull people out of these distinct viewpoints by teaching real math for all. If you're not sure how to teach real mathematics, well, keep listening to the podcast. That's yeah. definitely one, one way to do it. So parents and teachers, what are some things that we can do? Well, maybe start by finding out where your student is or your students are, how they viewed mathematics. Kim, let me tell you a quick story. So I'm in physical therapy, have this knee, whatever. I, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I had surgery, blah, blah. So doing physical therapy for my knee, um, and it had kind of an interesting experience just the other day. Okay. So my physical therapist, who I liked, did, did a great job. Um, was doing some calculations, uh, like at a little computer while I'm doing my exercises off the, you know, on the side, she came over and we started talking and I said, what, what kind of calculations were you just doing? And we talked a little bit about her billable units and the minutes and how she kind of, they're, they're not always the same and how she sort of messes around with like a total number of minutes into, into dividing it into these, um, billable unit sizes and how that all works and, and fits and stuff at the, at, near the end of it, she looked at me and she kind of paused and she said, no one has ever asked me how I think about math. Oh, that's horrible. I mean, it's so interesting, right? Yeah. Like no one had ever asked her. I mean, and I, how many of y'all have, have ever been asked, oh, what are you doing yeah. with those numbers in your head? And it was, it was kind of fun to, to listen to what she did. She did some great things. Yeah. Did you happen to ask her if she grew up thinking that she was good or bad at math? No, but that's, I'll, I'll do that. And then I'll report back. Okay, please do. So what I find is that a lot of people who have to do math regularly in their jobs are, mm -hmm. are coming up with things that um, they didn't necessarily believe that they could do early on. I actually had a conversation with my um, hair girl the other day, and she was talking to me <laughs> as well about how she mixes color. Mm. And she said that she didn't feel like she was very good at math growing up. And, and listen, their perspective doesn't mean good or bad at math, right? Right. Perspectives present differently. And so you're going to need to dive in to figure out where your students are coming from. You could have mm -hmm. 10 Zs in the room, but they all look different. They all, their grades are different. Their work looks different. Yeah, totally true. So you might have a kid with a Z perspective who is say super quick and can recall fast from rote memory, can right. memorize well, but you could also have students with a Z perspective the ones who think that math is about steps and rules who don't memorize well and right. they need time to copy down the teacher's work and might not be having as good of grades, even though they have the same perspective about what math is, what right. doing math means. Some might resign themselves pretty quickly that they're never going to be very good at math and that uh, there are others that might excel at mimicry. Some of your students might believe that it's all just this bunch of stuff that's rote memory and it doesn't matter. So they're not interested to put forth the effort. If their perspective is that's just all fake math, this doesn't have anything to do with me, it's not interesting, there's no yeah. way. Then, then uh, do we blame them for not wanting? You know, like we, sometimes as math teachers, we get a little bit, uh, when the kids go, when am I ever going to use this? We get a little mm -hmm. frustrated, like, who cares? Just yeah. do the thing. Well, you know what? We, could, we can get rid of that question forever 
if we just do real math, if we right. do real math with our students, we never get that question because it's interesting. It's intriguing. It's, it's perplexing in a really positive way. And students dive into that. They like puzzles. Right. So if you know that there are these three perspectives, then you have some insight into your students, right? And you have even mm-hmm. more reason to get into conversation with them, to get to know them and how they've approached math. So now you have questions that you can ask. Yeah, so nice. you might be asking, what do we do with each of these students with different perspectives? Yeah. So are you ready? Get ready. Cause I'm going to tell you what to do with each okay. different group of students and each different perspectives. Perfect. Actually the same <laughs> teach real math. Okay. Like it's, there's one answer, one answer that meets the needs of all students. It really boils down to that real mathematics hits everyone. Like I said before, all people can do more real mathematics than fake math. Yeah. So Kim, you just encouraged us to communicate with your students, right. like to talk to them and find out what they're right. thinking about. We also, listeners, want to encourage students to communicate with each other and learn to navigate these different perspectives. Yeah, that's so important, right? Communication and mathematics. Mm-hmm. So we, I was just thinking that we often group students in lots of different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we should be having students working together. Um, and sometimes teachers will put kids together based on like grades or what they perceive as their ability or processing speed, uh, friendships, behavior, whatever. Um, we could consider grouping students sometimes that have had different perspectives, maybe in the past, so that the groups can take advantage of the positive qualities that differing backgrounds bring, right? Yeah. We want to take advantage of their different strengths. Yeah, so important. And another thing that we can do, make a really big impact, is helping students in times of frustration. Mm. So let me give you an example. If you have a kid who had a Z perspective, they think math is all about rules and procedures and mimicking, and a Z gets frustrated, then help them lean into the discomfort of not being given a rule and steps to memorize. Right. Like help them know it's okay. I I get it. This isn't what you're used to, but this is real mathematics. And and this discomfort you're feeling, that's normal. It's it's normal to have, have a little bit of, of positive confusion that we can, we can, we can work through this to, ah, see, now you're successful. So we want to help them lean into that discomfort a little bit. Um, and so that they can have productive struggle right. and help them that, 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 that's a positive part of math class. Well, what if you have a student that had a Y perspective? What if that student's frustrated? You know what? If I find a kid who had a Y perspective frustrated, I'm looking at the group dynamics I'm pretty sure there's somebody hanging around them that's just telling them that's like satisfied with an answer. Oh, and, yes. and that, that, that why is going to get frustrated. That why right. wants to know why. Right. And so if you, if you see a why getting frustrated, uh, you lean into that frustration with them and help them explore more and, um, and get comfortable figuring out the why so that they now understand why what's going on and right. then the, we can help their frustration. So what about an X? If an X is frustrated, so. <laughs> Kim's laughing because she I've been so frustrated, an X, right? <laughs> Kim's been a little frustrated in the past. Yeah. Kim, you want to take that? Go. Sure. So uh, I think one of the most frustrating things growing up as an ex is when a teacher would say, you have to record every step. Show me your work. Show mm, me all the things. All of them. Every yes. single one, all the time. Yeah. And if that wasn't something that I needed to show me every piece of every uh, problem, um, then that would have been frustrating for me. Yeah, totally. Because okay. you, you could you could solve the problem pretty easily, and the right. teacher would say, "No, no, no, you must show all the steps." Because yeah. later you're going to need these steps, and yes. you would just like you would just like like glare at him a little bit, like whatever. <laughs> Maybe yeah, whatever, weirdo. 
Because you were mathematizing. You right. were letting the numbers and the structure influence how you solve the problem. And so you knew you didn't need all the steps all the time, even though your teacher probably did. Right. But um, there's a balance, right? So as totally. a teacher... So if you have an ex who's frustrated and you've, uh, maybe you want them to, to show their work, not the teacher's work, right. not mimicking what you've done, but you really want to know what's going on. Um, I've got a great uh, hack for you. When I walk up to a kid that hasn't written anything down and I need to know, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to decide what strategy to share, who's, which student's going to work with which student. So I kind of need to know how they're dealing with the problem and, and they haven't written anything down. I might say to them, oh, cool. You did it in your head. Okay, cool. You know what? I can't see what's in your head. <laughs> can you, can you tell yeah. me what's in your head? And so then, then they're freed up to just like, talk about what they actually did in their head, not like forced to, to model if they might not even know how to represent their thinking. Right. So another thing to do is um, as those students describe their thinking and I kind of help them by, by asking questions and pulling out their thinking, then uh, it's the teacher's job to model that thinking. It's the teacher's job to make it visible, to say, hey, when your brain does that, when you use those relationships, this is how it could look on paper. And the kid can go, oh, when my brain does that, it could look like that. Well, okay. Well, I can show you that next time. Now the now the student who's been using relationships and connections in their head. If you can see me right now, I'm like pointing to my head. Like if you're using what you own in your head to solve the problem, you, you might not know how to represent that on paper. So it's the teacher's job to represent it first, and then you can expect students to do more representing of what's actually helping them uh, solve problems. Yeah, and part of the responsibility, right, of a mathematician, all all perspectives of mathematicians is to communicate their thinking. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So we need to help all students, but particularly maybe the exes, to um, to know that that's part of the goal. Yeah, so totally interesting because this actually came up because you know you and I had these different perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. Had I think mostly now we're in real math, but every once in a while it rears its ugly head. Um, when we were talking about um, a math strat chat uh, response, mm-hmm. so somebody had posted a response to math strat chat that was pretty what's a good word sparse like it didn't have a lot of explanation it it kind of skipped some things and you and I could infer what they were what they meant you know we could sort of follow because we'd thought through the relationships but it would be really hard to follow was not not well communicated and I said something back to the person like oh you like did you mean this or or, I think this is a way you could represent your thinking to make it more clear and you you poked on me you were like Pam solve the problem they didn't that person didn't need that stuff. Sure. You can see clearly that they could solve. They only wrote down what they needed to solve the problem. Ah, oh. so there's kind of two different times. If you're just solving a problem, all you X's out there in the world, if you're just solving a problem and you just like sort of are, are building the relationships and you're going to, you know, figure things out and, and then sure, only write down what you need. Just keep track of your mental thinking enough because that's all you need. However, if in that instance, your job, your, your task at hand is to communicate your thinking with others, ooh, then we want you to fill in the blanks. Then we want you to make sure that you have a, a viable argument that somebody else could read and that makes sense. And so then we're going to work on that uh, communication. Then we want you to show more steps. So that's when I pushed back on Kim and I was like, wait, 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 <laughs> what's the purpose of math stretch? Right. Is it just to get an answer? And so you're only going to keep track of your your, the steps you need, or is it to communicate your strategy to the world? Because we're chatting about math strategies, math strat chat. Anyway, so it was a great conversation. Um, it was interesting how <laughs> it actually took you and I a couple, it took you, you and me a couple minutes for us to kind of, oh, that's what's going on. But yeah. that's why we're approaching this um, a little bit differently. Cool. So we talked a little bit about uh, teachers, right? Yeah. What, what what can we offer as advice for leaders? Cool. So if you're a leader, how does this help you with your work with teachers? Well, 
Just like we're suggesting that teachers need to get to know their students, we highly recommend that you leaders get to know your teachers. Consider that when you're working with a teacher who had an X perspective, that they might honestly believe the kids don't need all that modeling, all that strategy development, all those rich tasks. The ex-teacher didn't, at least they don't think so, right? The ex-teacher thinks that the way they learned was good enough for them and it worked for them. And so all that other stuff is extraneous. It's frou-frou. That's not real math. That's what they're thinking. And so, of course, they um, are going to push back on that a little bit. So what do we do? I try to immerse those teachers in a mathematizing experience. Give them a taste of what it could look like to help students develop the kinds of things that they themselves were left on their own to do. Let them experience what it means to be actively, purposefully helping. And then they can go, whoa, whoa, you mean like we can do stuff that actively, purposely helps students develop to think like me? Yes. Yes, we can. Yeah. And so that uh, when I work with um, uh, people with an X perspective, I really want to help them experience. So, so don't do math they, they, they own. Do a little bit of new math. Bring something in that's not something that they teach every day. Now, it's great if it connects because otherwise they get a little ornery sometimes. But do something that, that, that is making them create a new connection, a new relationship. I've got some strings. You guys, leaders, you want to know? Ping me on social media. I'll tell you some things. That you're like, tell me the grade level you're at. And I'll give them one that's just out of their reach usually that you can, again, immerse them in this experience where they're mathematizing and they realize, oh, we can be deliberate about how we help students develop to think in real mathematics. Well, and if they're an X perspective, they probably enjoy it, right? X, X oh, yeah, perspectives sure. love to play around with numbers and structures and relationships. And so they'll probably buy in pretty quickly. What about working with a teacher with a Z perspective? Absolutely. So if you're working with teachers with the Z perspective, recognize that they're really not doing real math yet. And then mm-hmm. your job is to help the teachers. Um, I'm pausing a little bit because I'm trying to come up with a uh, painless word, um, help the teachers not so painful, like, like be aware that this could be a painful transition, a painful realization for Z's. Yeah. So help them gently, that gently is the word I was looking for, help them gently realize that they actually haven't been doing real math yet. Help mm-hmm. them realize that and give them the same mathematizing experiences that we just gave the X's. It's the same experience, but watch those Z's and as they're mathematizing, you're typically going to see the Z-ness kind of come out of it a little bit. They're going to be like, okay, that was cool. Like I learned all that. I made these mm. connections. Now let's see. That was a little wild and crazy. So let me straighten that up a little bit. Like Pam's kind of disorganized. That was all over the place. I'm going to like organize that and I'm going to, okay, so step one, yep. step two, and they start turning this mathematizing experience back into steps and procedures and things for the kids to just mimic. So we sort of want to encourage Z's to mathematize, get into the real math, develop that real math themselves. And then not take that real math they just developed back into steps and procedures that that they can actually help their students develop the same way they were just developing. Right. So I sometimes think about Z's as being super, super helpful. They want to clean things up. They Mm want to uh, make it a little bit more organized and and they got to let, they got to like let the mess happen a little bit, right? Not crazy mess, but a little little bit bit of disequilibrium. What about uh, teachers with a Y perspective? You bet. Are you ready? Not a lot. Like with the teachers with the Y perspective, just keep giving them more and more math. Give them those same mathematizing experiences that you just gave the X's and the Z's and they just drink it in. 
they, they've been looking for the why. And so they love it. And they're just, they're still like, it's probably remember we said in that episode that they're some of our favorites because they're yeah. so just like drinking and they're so, they're so happy because they're, uh, they're feeling like they belong in, in the club. Um, because we're, we're teaching math in such a way that they understand the why and they're being successful. And so maybe there's only one little caution when you work with a teacher who ha- who grew up with a why perspective, just, just a little caution. Sometimes those teachers are so happy to know that students can use what they know, that um, no matter wh- where the kids are coming from, they can um, use relationships they understand to solve problems, that the, that the um, kids can, can be successful just doing what they understand, that sometimes they kind of leave them there. Sometimes they sort of leave those students in the, the really unsophisticated, oh, the kid found success, yay! And then yeah. sort of, okay, and then we move on and we do something new rather than, than helping that student with, with really nice mathematizing experiences. I'm not suggesting we tell them, but nice mathematizing experience to help that student get more and more sophisticated. Remember the development of mathematical reasoning. I'm doing ovals with my hands here. Remember there's counting to additive, to multiplicative, to proportional reasoning. It's not about getting answers to problems. It's about helping students develop their brains in such a way to think more and more sophisticatedly. So wise, if you're working with, um, kids and, and you're so excited because they, they, they found success. Yay. They got an answer that don't, don't leave them there in that unsophisticated strategy. Now work from there. Great. That's how you do that. Super. Let's keep building and then build towards more sophisticated thinkers because then those kids can continue to learn more and more sophisticated thinking. Don't, don't leave them where then they're stuck and then they can't move on from there. So remember, it's not about getting an answer. It's about development. Right. So if we invite you, if you haven't already, to take the quiz, we want you take to share it with others so that more people recognize that there are these perspectives in math. Get to know your perspective and those of the people around you so that you can make sense of the viewpoints. And then we can all communicate better and actually make progress towards teaching real math. <laughs> Do it. <It's> <laughs> Go. Run. Now. So we have in our notes, like to end this by saying, do it, go now. And when Kim didn't read it, I was like, I just cracked up. Sorry. Cause we just give ourselves these little notes. Right. And so, yeah, that's hilarious. All right, y'all uh, to take that quiz, go to math is slash X, Y, Z. And there is our extra super cool, quick quiz to find out what perspective you had about math and mathematics teaching. All right, we invite you to, to join us on Math Strat Chat on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on Wednesday Eves, where we have a uh, number talk for the world and we talk about problems. Uh, we'd love to have you join us on hashtag Math Strat Chat. Y'all, if you're interested to learn more mathematics and you want to help yourself and your students develop as mathematicians, then don't miss the Math is Figure Outable podcast because math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figure-outable. Remember, we're going to be opening registration for the Math is Figure-outable Challenge soon. Mark your calendar from May 15th through 17th. You are not going to want to miss these free PD evenings where you'll learn four routines you need in your classroom that are naturally engaging and encourage students to think mathematically. And remember, if you can't make those times, registering gets you access to the recordings. Keep making math figure-outable.